Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Let's get this party started. I have part of a mandarin orange in my mouth, which means it's time to go. Is that what that means? Yeah. I don't know. Making stuff up as I go. This is Drop the Subject, Allie and Jarrett. And uh, what a show we have in store for you today. I'm very excited. We were just going through some of the audio say, clips. I'm super excited about this. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, well, we decided to is... go through some of the year-end lists that are show-related, including some of the most awkward moments that we've had on Drop the Subject thus far. And we were just going through some of the moments that we are going to share with you later in the show. And, oh, they are exciting. It's so wonderful to relive some of the most awkward and hilarious moments. Uh, there is one that relates to Gilbert Gottfried. We will not share the entire clip with you now, but... But uh, embarrassing for me, but I, th- I think the hardest I've ever heard Jarrett laugh in his life. <gasps> yeah. Oh, it was, yeah it was Taking great. a deep, deep breath yeah. to then laugh twice as hard. Yeah, it was a that was a good that was a hard. I forgot I was laughing that hard until we were playing the clips a little bit earlier. Also, there's a clip um, that you people always pull out. <laughs> Um, it's not that funny. Okay, well, but if you guys insist it's funny, fine. There is a certain live tease that Jarrett did I uh, a couple know. of months back, and we do have. I know we usually give you a soundbite of "By Your Bedside" at a robot, but we we do have the context oh. of. You know, Do you really? Yes, we have the story and the shelf life of how it began. So it's not just the clip itself. No, no, no. We need to delve oh, I, deeper this okay, time. Okay, no, that I did not know. Okay. Okay. So that's just a couple to look forward to, but this is an exciting day in general. Jared, how do you feel? I mean, this is sort of like a mini Christmas morning. It's impeachment day. I don't know. It's like a mixed bag. If it's Christmas morning, it's like knowing everything that you're gonna get for Christmas and like none of it was really stuff that you really wanted anyway oh okay you know what I mean so it's all a bunch of like missized clothing that exactly. you don't really exactly it's like oh an eight pack of socks <laughs> granny you really shouldn't oh, have oh they're those little again scoop socks that are always gonna fall off my foot exactly that's so nice um, because you know Senate, uh, Senate uh, excuse me House Republicans and Democrats right now are uh, as we speak on the floor of Congress Debating the uh, articles of impeachment, so we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, it's it's definitely a very historic day. This day's only happened two other times before, and we're living through the third. Yeah, and I didn't realize that the schedule is on after the show concludes. Yeah, the only the only thing to watch there will be how many people, how how party line the vote is if some people cross over to the other sides. So that'll be the interesting thing. More on that later. And you know what's interesting is that I haven't really read about any. I always love to check out impeachment drinking games. Oh. And there really aren't any online yet for today. So Ooh. if you want to create one, I think it might be fun to... I do feel like we could do like an impeachment bingo, impeachment drinking game kind of thing Im- for the trial. Impeachment bingo yeah. sounds amazing. I so, think we could do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you can do things like articles of impeachment because that's going to be said a million times. Right. But I do think that, you know, if if the word witch hunt comes up, I was gonna say, you know, I there could can be like rogue 20, ones. I could come up with 24 terms. That we right. can put in a grid. Well, maybe we can, uh, you know, get a little bingo card started. Yeah, absolutely. I think that okay. that would be definitely something we could do. Uh, so we will be giving you coverage of the impeachment proceedings throughout the day, but we also have all kinds of other stuff uh, stuff to talk about, including the the year end list, like I said. But also, it's the GMA and uh, and and Adam Driver walking out in the middle of an NPR interview with Terry Gross, which you don't really hear about very often. And his say, reason for leaving is fascinating. The to most me 
most uncontroversial interviewer yeah. and one of the most like beloved interviewers uh, on, on the air. I saw that headline and I was like, what could possibly have happened? And what did happen is odd, and we'll talk about it. I don't know. I just pictured Terry Gross just all of a sudden going off the rails. Losing it. Just losing it, saying things that are horribly offensive. Yeah. Like, just completely losing her, her <laughs> exactly. S word. Yeah. You saw a movie last night that I've been really wanting to watch. Well, okay. So we were all excited when this trailer came out. You'll remember when the Bombshell trailer dropped, everyone was like, oh my God. Right. I've never seen a trailer with less that gave you so much. Right. Uh, if you don't remember, the trailer for Bombshell uh, came out, and it was uh, Charlize Theron, uh, Margot Robbie, and Nicole Kidman as three women on this elevator. And you're like, who? What? Uh-huh. Mm. And there's like this music. Who? Who? Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. And Margot yeah, yeah. Robbie, I mean, excuse me, uh, Nicole Kidman says, it's getting hot in here. And then they open the elevator doors open, and they walk out, and you see it's Fox News, and it all clicks. Like, oh, my God. Charlize Theron is Megyn Kelly. Oh, right. my God. Nicole Kidman is Gretchen Carlson. Oh, my God. I don't know who that Margot Robbie person is supposed to be. <laughs> oh, my God. A, someone else that I'll right. learn about later. Because she's a character that didn't actually exist, that they uh, was an amalgam oh, really? of various other character, of other people who in the story. Um, so, and what'd so, you think? So, I saw the movie last night, and it was fine. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I think media people will enjoy seeing the inner workings of a place like Fox News. Um, it, completely removed from the politics, right? Like, however you feel about Fox News as, as a place for coverage. Um, it's kind of interesting to see the inner workings with Roger Ailes, who was the um, the who was the head of Fox News, or Rupert Murdoch, who's the head of the of News Corp that owns um, Fox News and other things. Um, and to kind of see Megyn Kelly. Because Megyn Kelly was was one of their star anchors. You'll remember that she uh, hosted the Republican uh, debate in 2016, where she asked you know Donald Trump some difficult questions. And the next day, he was talking about her bleeding out of her eyes, her her whatever, right? Um, and and like how that impacted her for the next year. Um, still think Megyn Kelly is an awful. <clears throat> still think Megyn Kelly is an awful person. But you kind of get a different perspective on on her story and Gretchen Carlson, who was the first person to come out. Against Roger Ailes saying that, you know, he had sexually harassed her. Um, So it is an interesting movie, an interesting story of the inner workings of Fox News. It just wasn't as extraordinary as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but then it's also important that a movie like that exists, right? So that people can see what happened and how it happened. That's kind of the same thing I feel about The Morning Show. I've been watching The Morning Show. How far um, I, along are you? I think I've got a couple episodes left. Like, that means like you're five, six, because it's eight episodes, is that right? Yes, I think I'm at episode seven. So people have been like, you have to get to episode four, and I'm like, so it's not a good show, is what you're saying. No, but it is a good show, and I it's an important show, I okay. think. But it's not something that I'm like, oh my God, this is the best show I've ever seen. Right. But I think that it's really, really eye-opening, and it has a lot of different angles to a story that we are very familiar with that has happened gotcha. in real life. Anyway. All right, well, speaking of stories that are happening in real life, Real life. Nancy Pelosi addressed the Pledge of Allegiance in her opening speech, why that was important. Plus, Donald Trump sent her a nasty letter yesterday. We'll get into the crazy impeachment stuff up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Jarrett on this lovely Wednesday and a merry impeachment to all. Impeachment. That is something that is uh, making the rounds on Twitter, of course. And let's get into exactly what's been going on so far. This is some very crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. There's going to be a lot of crazy impeachment stuff this uh, throughout the show today because this is the impeachment, possibly, of the President of the United States. Crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. 
Allie, you don't have to keep saying crazy impeachment stuff. Here is some crazy impeachment stuff. Oh, but I do. <laughs> so what? Uh, so <laughs> let's let's start with what the rundown of today is, because I think a lot of people are unclear as to how. I mean, this has only happened, like you said, three times in history. This is this is the third time. Yeah, this is the third time, and every single year or every time that this has happened, it happens a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So right now, they are going through a debate about what the articles of impeachment are. And there are two of them, correct? There are two articles of impeachment. um, And they are basically, like we said yesterday, it's kind of the indictment of Donald Trump that will lead to a Senate trial. And so uh, today there will be three hours of debate from uh, the House majority, which is the Democrats. And there'll be three hours of impeachment from the House minority, which is the Republican um, Party. And then seemingly somewhere thereafter, there will be a vote. I say seemingly because... Last week, we thought there was going to be a vote in in the committee on, I believe it was Thursday night, and they moved it to Friday. Um, so depending on, on how things go, we would we expect that there will be a vote later today, um, just based upon the, the Senate, cal- I mean, the, how, the congressional calendar and all that kind of stuff. It seems like it will be today. Yes, I, I was out of the country when that happened, but I did read that it got postponed the impeachment vote. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right, well, this is perfect because we can cover it when I get back. Right. Um, But there were some opening statements that were shared at the beginning of the day today, and I thought it'd be uh, good to play something that Nancy Pelosi said uh, because she... I think made a really great observation about why we're all here at this point right now in history. Mm -hmm. And she made a reference to the Pledge of Allegiance and that people, uh, students and people recite this Pledge of Allegiance every single day. And so she kind of reflected on the words that are spoken in that pledge. What that pledge says. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The republic for which it stands is what we are here to talk about today, a republic if we can keep it. We gather today under the dome of this temple of democracy to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take, the impeachment of the President of the United States. Oof. Yeah. I mean, she's said this before, a republic if we can keep it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's something that she always goes back to is the fact that these are the words that we as Americans value, right? Mm-hmm. And that according to the evidence that has been piling up against Donald Trump, it directly flies in the face of a republic. Yeah, I, I think it's important because uh, Donald Trump talks about everything as being the biggest things in, in history. Like he is the most important president that's ever happened. His tower is the tallest thing that was ever built. His name is the most important name that's ever been spoken. The crowds were the biggest crowds that anyone's ever seen. Exactly, right? When... His building, they've lied about how tall it is. They've lied about how big the crowd was. They lied about, you know, his money and all that kind of stuff. And so I think it kind of devalues um, the historic nature of, of language when we say, like, this is historic. This is the most, this is one of the most significant days of his pregnant, of his presidency. God, his oh, pregnancy. his pregnancy. Jesus. Please, um, God, you know, let it, that not like, be an immaculate <laughs> conception that happens. But like, uh, but. We can't overstate how rare this is. And 200 plus years of, you know, the United States of America, this has only happened two times before. When when the last time we saw it in our lifetime was Bill Clinton, he was impeached over lying about an affair, mm-hmm. which 
you can argue whether or not that's impeachable. I don't necessarily think it is. However, and he was there testifying in his defense as well, well which yes. is important to point out because he actually was there to defend himself. Right. And Donald Trump has not even made an effort to defend himself. But what's what's difficult and most important to remember about the impeachment of Donald Trump, Donald Trump is uh, his impeachment, again, not removal from office, but his impeachment is about him working with a foreign country to influence our election process, which Remember, Donald Trump's election in the first place is disputed because of interference from a foreign country. To the Just point where that, people have gone to are going to jail over it. People have gone to jail about it. People, there's been a whole Mueller investigation over it. There's been so much conversation, and like all of our all of our federal law enforcement agencies have said, this Russian interference happened. And so Donald Trump doesn't like that his the legitimacy of his presidency is questioned. What's going to be most important here is recognizing like we are setting a precedent for what happens going forward. Like if Donald Trump is okay to do this, it's okay. Okay for any president going forward to <clears throat> solicit another country to help him win an election. And that is terrible. Yeah. That is something the founding fathers and any republic should not want happening. Well, we're going to be definitely updating you on all things impeachment related. And, uh, you know, just want to make sure that he's OK throughout his pregnancy. It's uh, I think that he'll be a very grumpy pregnant person. <laughs> Actually, it might be good for him. Maybe. Maybe it would give him a better perspective on life. I doubt it. (laughs) All right. Some of the most Googled holiday gifts of 2019, uh, Google has revealed a list of what people are putting in their shopping carts. So we'll go through that next. Drop the subject comes right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Jarrett, have you completed your Christmas shopping yet? Sure. We'll that's go with no. That. That's definitely a no. I very, I do very little Christmas shopping. Our, our family's never been like a big gifts family. You've um, just been a big FaceTime and pajamas family. <clears throat> yes, I tweeted out the photo of the pajamas that our parents have sent us. <sighs> so we're on our our Christmas, our second annual FaceTime call for Christmas morning because we're we'll all be in different cities this year. Mm. Uh, and so you don't feel bad about not going up to the Bay Area for Christmas. That's something that you've been doing regularly, and you've you've all just like said, "Hey, why don't we make it well, easier and just stay in the cities?" No, that no, we're no. In? It's not that at all. Just like last <clears throat> last year, it didn't work out for us all to be able to go. And this year it didn't work out for us all to be able to go. I have a very blended family, as we've talked about ad nauseum, probably. But um, my my family, we live in a bunch of different places, so it doesn't always work out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Well... It seems to always work out for my family. Everyone always makes it, but I have to do all the traveling to each house. Of course. So it's like between Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and after Christmas, I have to go to like four different places. That's the most exhausting thing of of going home is that everyone wants you to come to see them as if you didn't drive six and a half hours to get there. Exactly. Who am I getting five and a half hours? Well, you never know. Around the holiday season, it could be seven or eight hours. Fair. I mean, then you never know with the grapevine snowing. Oh my God, you might be staying here in LA. I might be, yeah. yeah. I might turn right back around and yeah. do a FaceTime call. I might take a page out of your book, absolutely. Okay, so here are some of the things uh, that people are buying or at least searching for according to Google. This is a list and we'll go through it together. And there are different categories here of like the most searched tech products, the most searched ki- kitchen items, the most searched beauty products and whatnot. Uh, so why don't we start with some tech products because a lot of these... I've never even heard of before. Yeah, so this list comes from NBCNews.com, uh, and it's basically the the number one most searched tech product on Google 
is a Google Nest, <laughs> like which surprise, surprise, meddling maybe. I know, right? Um, it's one of those smart assistants. I think. Well, Justin, when he was here, I think he said he had gotten the Apple Home. But do you have an Alexa or a Google Home? Or anything? I have an Alexa and I have an Echo Dot, but neither of them I paid for. Gotcha. They were both gifts, yeah. so I've never purchased. But this this Google Nest, this mini that that's on this list. My oh, the Nest is a thermostat, though, right? The Nest is a thermostat, but this is different. It's called the Google Nest, and it's a little, um, it's a little voice assistant. Oh, okay. I guess it's the same name, but it's a different product. Gotcha. Okay. But they're only like thirty-five bucks or fifty bucks or something like that. So oh, if you're yeah. going to give somebody a smart assistant, it's probably one of the more affordable options. My my friend has one, and she loves it. I think she just uses it for music and little things. Yeah. Um, and Alexa talks a big game okay she says that she can really do anything and right. then she kind of disappoints you i think google nest is just like meh i'm here i'll play some music and tell right. you about the weather i am um, i uh number two is um i believe this is a chinese phone or a japanese phone but i feel, believe it's pronounced xiaomi redmi the note 8 dual sim a 64 gigabyte smartphone which is surprising to me that like this is a smartphone that I don't think I've ever even heard of, and it's the number two most searched thing on Google. There are other ones. There's a Motorola smartphone. There's also Razer earbuds and a Samsung TV. So it seems like people are searching for not Apple products this year. Number also, 10 on the list was a MacBook Pro. That was, was the gonna, first Apple thing. Well, right. I was looking at the at the qualifications here, and this is in America. So I was thinking, like, oh, maybe this is, like, worldwide, right. and that's why it's that. But no, apparently not. Yeah. I'm uh, moving on to the cookware and cooking products. This is this is right on after my heart. One of the so if if I had a Christmas list of things I wanted, I really want a food processor. I really want the Ninja Foodie that does the air frying, but it has to be like a high capacity. Um, I asked for that. For did you really an air fryer? Yeah. Okay. But you know what else I asked for? A freaking Roomba. And my mom said that she added it to the cart because she, on Cyber Monday, it was yeah. on Super Sale. And she said, I want to know what you think about this, Emmy, because there was a Prop 65 message that came up that oh. said the, the there's a new proposition that ha- makes us have to let you know that some of the... Uh, like some of the emissions from the Roomba have been known to cause cancer. Oh my God. So she told me that and I was like, uh, okay, well I guess we shouldn't get it. And then we looked at a shark and we got the same message. So now I don't know what I feel about Roombas. I wonder why it has emissions that are cancer causing. What doesn't though? Well, fair I enough. Mean, that's days, I was I kind mean... of like, maybe these are messages that are on literally everything because of yeah. this new proposition. But then I was also like, I don't know if I just want cancerous Roomba going around my house. Well, I don't I know. Get that yeah, message. That's crazy. But, but when I don't you, have you, like a. I, it's not like a Roomba like name brand or whatever. It just it works like one. See, so yeah, maybe maybe the off brand ones don't have cancer i don't know or well, they speaking didn't of, warn me speaking of brand names specifically the calphalon quartz heat countertop t- toaster oven uh, is one of the things we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about uh, a toaster few more of the th- oven yeah that's really good if you really got a good. toaster oven for christmas would you be excited or pissed yes i'd love that really i love kitchen stuff uh i almost i was so excited about that i almost used a bad <laughs> word i uh, will take a quick break more of the top 50 things uh you're searching for for christmas on google Drop the subject. 
Q. All right, Drop the Subject continues with Allie and Jared, and we're helping you with your Christmas shopping. Of course, there are many, many expensive items that you can buy for your loved ones, and uh, we wouldn't want you to seem taboo or buy something from last year. So that's why we're going through Ooh, the most search. Pro- I mean, you know. Oh, my God. The, it, could you imagine if someone gave another person the original Alexa? Oh. oh, my God. Did you give me an Instant Pot that's not Wi-Fi capable? Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? I actually almost made that mistake this year, <laughs> but I did not. Uh, so let, we've gone through some of the biggest tech products, and we now move on to some of the kitchen and cookware. Yeah, and so you were starting to talk about, uh, well, I started talking about the toaster oven, but like you pointed out to me this, uh, first of all, I want half the stuff on the on the cooking list. I mean, I kind of do too. I just always think about counter space. Well, yes, but you pointed out uh, number, I guess, uh, 26 on the list of, of the 50 things people are searching for the most. Um, they're divided up again by, by, uh, by categories. Um, the Bella Triple Slow Cooker and Buffet Server? I mean, I, mean, I looked else? at this and I thought of you because it's basically, and I know you love throwing dinner parties. I do. And you th- presentation is everything. You're very, Absolutely. very good with that. So having basically three slow cookers perfectly. To keep everything hot? Yeah, like, to keep everything hot right there on display. I mean, it's basically turning three crock pots into a buffet in I your just, home. I mean, first of all, I need two of them. But, because... <laughs> I mean, I've got to be able, you know, for the holidays. You have to have a... the vegan version and the meat version oh, God. next Dr. to Chris each other. If you're going to do just one soup, there have to be six different versions of that soup that I also, catered I also... to everybody's dietary Exactly. I also hate that they're like, only seven left at this price. Of like, course. But you know you, what? Walmart. There are more than seven left, Jared. Of course. More! Um, okay, so that was really great. The food processor that I'm like, oh, I could maybe get this food processor. Um, everything from Ninja is great. I will tell you, like... We have a Ninja coffee machine, and I love it. There's another Ninja thing on here, the coffee bar coffee maker with a glass carafe. It looks so classy. It makes you feel it. like you have a personal espresso machine in your home. It looks really big, though. Yes, it does. The one I have is not this big. I will say everything I've ever had from Ninja. Mind you, they're not paying us. Maybe they should be. I had a Ninja blender. I have like one of those Ninja bullet things. I really want the Ninja Oh, you know foodie. what? I have that too, yeah. Yeah. Everything from Ninja's been really Ninja good. Ninja is really slick about taking over the kitchenware market. They really are. And then there's also an ice mule cooler on here, which I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, but you, I know I need it, though. And then there's also a dishwasher on here, which I think is such an odd gift. I was but... going to say, like, who's giving you a dishwasher? Unless it's like, hey, I know you just got a new place and you need you're renovating and right. you need a dishwasher and what if you're like what do you want for christmas and they're like i would like a large dishwasher i would like the tall what is it the the tall the the front control built-in tall tub dishwasher from whirlpool please very specific yeah um okay we only have a minute left but they say most search for vacuums lighting grills and other home goods on google again it's coming from nbcnews.com so you can find this list online um but dyson okay First of all, the Dyson stuff all looks like it's amazing, but it is so expensive. The, I've never owned a Dyson product. I've always looked at them and been like, oh, that little ball looks so flexible and right. easy to use. I'll never know what that feels like. I really want the heating and cooling fan that they have. Like They have like a tall one. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that little circle thing. Right. Yeah. It looks amazing, but... Who wants to spend $7,000 on that? The 1% has a really clean house with perfect air quality and a vacuum (laughs) that is going round the clock. Uh, But what I'm learning here from this list, because almost all of them are vacuums, is that people hate vacuuming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one wants to vacuum. I know my vacuum is probably the most annoying thing. And just quickly, another really surprising thing on this list is the leg lamp from A Christmas Story. 
The leg lamp from a Christmas story? You know that story? giant leg lamp from a Christmas story? And like you can buy it now? Yeah, you can buy it. That's oh. one of the most searched items. Okay. Um, well, speaking of things that people really want for Christmas, all you want for Christmas is to go to uh, com for more information on how you can win tickets to see Mariah Carey to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Mariah Carey's album, Merry Christmas, and the single All I Want for Christmas. We want to give you a chance to win the ultimate holiday gift. And it doesn't matter whether you've been naughty or nice. <laughs> kind of prefer the naughty. You can win a trip to Las Vegas to see Mariah Carey perform at the Coliseum inside Caesars Palace in February. You'll win a trip for two with round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and two tickets to Mariah Carey's The Butterfly Return Show, plus two tickets that are backstage passes to meet Mariah Carey. For more information, I know, right? That's got to be a lot. Priceless. Go to wearechannelq.com for more information. She'll have her own lighting, so you're going to look great. (laughs) That's true, (laughs) you will. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. (laughs) We're sitting here having a good time about the music. Um, And also realizing, uh, welcome back to Drop the Subject, by the way. I don't know if you guys heard. My name's Jared. Her name's Allie. Hello. Um, We were uh, looking at our tweets that we got back, and we were talking about that list of all the different stuff that uh, people are searching for. And I was asking, like, is Google and Nest a thing together? Mm -hmm. And according to Chris on Twitter, he says Google merged Nest into into Google, hence renaming the Google Home products Google Nest. The old Nest was known for the thermostat. Not sure if the doorbell and camera existed then, but now Nest incorporates all of Google's smart products. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that those were the... I didn't realize that Nest was a Google product. I feel like Google probably bought Nest. Right. I mean, that's what you can do now is just you're a big company and you say, see something you like and then just go, I'll take one, please. That is ours. Yes. Oh, that's making (laughs) money. Add to cart. Well, speaking of adding to cart, some people are adding divorce lawyers to their carts (laughs) when they're looking at the new year. Christmas is about bringing families together. And Jared, according to this, January is about tearing families apart. (laughs) Ripping them apart. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, you, you go through the holidays with a family on the fringe and then you realize over the course of the holidays that you could not possibly go through another holiday season with things the way they are. Mm. Uh, there, there's a really interesting article, and in it they talk about uh, they they talk with this attorney named Laura Wasser, who has represented. She's a divorce lawyer, and she's represented people like Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp and Ashton Kutcher. And they, she says and confirms that January has rightfully earned its reputation as Divorce Month. Oh. And that specifically, around January 6th through 12th, there is uh, an uptick in searches and uh, planning for divorce parties, which I think is something that's happening now more than like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Because I think people now are tr- are celebrating their freedom and, and trying to put a positive spin, a happy ending, if you will, sure. on something that could otherwise be seen as a sad end of a chapter of I your life. I just saw Emmy cringe a little bit. She was like, what? Happy ending? Uh, happy ending? No! But it's fascinating when you break down the reasons of why this happens, because, I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, I think about some of the past relationships that I've had that didn't work out. And you think about Christmas time and gift giving, and sometimes you're going through the store and you're like, I don't feel like I even know this person. Yeah. What do I get this? You know what? Should I be bringing them to this family dinner mm-hmm. what is going and so you have these uh, questions that are all of a sudden coming up bubbling up in your mind yeah. about the relationship itself the holidays make you question and and look into the relationships that you have and what they mean in a different way right yeah i remember um on new year's eve going out with the guy that was my boyfriend at the time and i remember knowing that day like 
I'm breaking up with him tonight. Which day? Was on it? New Year's Eve. Oh, was, on New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, like okay. we were all going out to like a club. It was like a group of, I don't know, like six to ten of us or something like that. And I remember being like really frustrated and annoyed with him and just being like, in that frustration and annoyed when you're like, you know you're about to break up and you're just like waiting for the moment. And, and that's once you've decided... It just eats at you. Yeah. And, so and you're like, there's never a good time, but also you can't keep going. Well, and I get really annoyed with people who can't dance that want to dance with you. Oh. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like, he couldn't dance, and like he had no rhythm, but he always wanted to be dancing up on me. And I'm like, get off of me. Well, yeah, and, that that's not love. Well, that's when that's you don't love, love someone. Well, and like that night at the club, I remember being so annoyed, and like he just kept wanting to dance with me. And I was like, get off of me. Like, it was, I was really frustrated. And mm. I remember, like, I did not want to go into the new year still in this relationship, and we broke up that night. But did you break up before midnight? Um, I think we broke up like the next morning or something. Oh, okay, like that, all right. So you kissed at midnight. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I would. The next day, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So you kissed somebody that you did not want to be in a relationship with. On I New feel Year's like time. I. I feel like he kissed mm. me, and I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. While he was okay. gyrating his pelvis all oh up on God. you, I'm, I'm triggered. <laughs> but it's hard when you know that you want to break up with somebody, and you know that it's a bad time. And they they talk about this in the article where. Nobody wants to sit their kids down on December 21st and say, hey, mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or whoever is getting a divorce because you want your kids and your family to just have a happy holiday. So even if you know that that's something that you want, you you last through the holidays, especially when kids are involved. Right. But I remember a, a, a breakup that I had where I was dating this girl who we were sort of long distance. I was touring with a show at the time and I realized on the tour that I did not want to be with her anymore. And she tried. Traveled all the way across the country to come see me, and I felt really bad. But I also didn't want to keep it going and lead her on. on And I I broke up with her on the trip. I've been broken up with on a trip before, and I was like, I did not see it coming, and I was devastated. Yeah, she. That was exactly what happened. Was it you? (laughs) You're right. We broke up on a trip to see you. No, it was. She was devastated. She had no idea that it was coming, and she was even prepared to move out to California. Oh my god! And I was like, um, this isn't working out. And she had literally just come finally to see me after this long hiatus of us being able to see each other. Uh, not fun. But hey, you know what? Sorry, Sean. There's never a good. It was not Sean. <laughs> well, I broke up with him with a to- for a totally different reason. And he was not <laughs> devastated. He's doing great now. Uh, anyway, uh, happy divorce month for January. Or, uh, you know, if you feel like it's ending, just break it off now. You know, there's never a good time. We have uh, more coming up on Drop the Subject. Adam Driver. I cannot believe he walked out on Terry Gross on NPR. <laughs> I just Of all the She's people that get walked out She's not walk-outable. Out exactly. No. We'll explain why next. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Allison Johnson? Yeah. Have you ever really hated the sound of your voice? <laughs> like being a Do we have enough time in the show? <laughs> I mean, I have listened to my voice and cringed. I've also been told by so many people that my voice makes them cringe, uh, that my really? laugh is awful. Yeah, that I, I'm shrill and I sound fat. I, I've been told so many negative things about my voice. But Wow, didn't I, realize the rabbit hole we were jumping yeah. into. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's like my, my voice is a big like it's my that's my job is that you're going to be hearing my voice a lot right. and uh, people are not always going to like it and I have come to terms with that I've also when I first started doing you know voiceover and radio and things like that 
I hated listening to myself. Mm-hmm. I hated watching myself on camera. Uh, thankfully, no one hires me anymore, so I can't really, you know, I don't really have that problem. Well, but I've gotten used to it over the years just because I have had to listen to my yeah. voice so much. I hated the sound of my voice recorded um, until I started doing a podcast. I did a podcast for six or seven years, and like I got used to like hearing my voice playback. Speaking into a microphone, I love it. It's the most fun. But like hearing it recorded always made me cringe. You don't like listening back. Yeah. yeah. And it took me years. And then after a few years, I started getting used to it, and now, now I'm totally fine with it. But I know for actors and performers, a lot of times, a lot of them will say that they don't go watch their movies or their TV shows or you know whatever piece of work they've done because it makes them cringe. And apparently, Adam Driver is one of those folks. He was just recently on an interview with uh, Terry Gross over at NPR's uh, Fresh Air, which she has like the most like calming voice that you've ever heard an interviewer. Hi, I'm Terry Gross. I'm Terry Gross. I'm going to talk to you, Adam, about your film, The Marriage Story. She just has such a great voice. You know, I voice. <laughs> your ability. I feel like she, she's the like she's just such a great interviewer and like she's a great, has such yeah. a calm like presence. And she does her homework. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So apparently Adam was gonna was uh, doing an interview with her. And what's interesting about their show is um, we have this system called ISDN where you can connect with someone in another city and they sound like they're in the same studio with you. Kind of like when I'm in New York and you're here or something like that. They were doing that kind of an interview where he was in New York and she was um, in their home studios in Philadelphia. And uh, they rolled a clip of the, sh- the film that he's in called Marriage Story where I guess he's singing um, being... He's singing in the clip um, a rendition of Being Alive, which I haven't seen it, but you've seen part of the movie I've already. seen, yeah, I saw half of it, uh, or I saw the first hour of it it's when I was on a layover. Yeah, and I, I fell asleep during it because I was exhausted and had been up for 29 hours, but it was really good. So, so I, I'm looking forward to finishing it, but it's, he does, I mean, he's a great actor. He does a great job in everything that he does, I think, but um, he... I know that they said they like let him know ahead of time, hey, we're going to be playing this clip because they always play clips right. of the movie or yeah. they read excerpts of the books and things like that, that of the people that they're talking about. And so they let him know and he said he didn't want to hear it. And then they even said like, hey, you can take, you off, can your take off your headphones. It's not a big deal. But he still walked out. Well, it makes for a very awkward um, follow-up after you know the clip goes off and he's gotten up and walked out and left the building. And you're on ISDN, so you can't see the person. Exactly. So you're like, Adam. Hello? Adam. 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 Adam, I'm Terry Gross. Uh, and this Adam. is Fresh Air. The fresh Air is um, getting stale. It's so, I, it made me think about like this whole kind of feeling of like hating the sound of your voice or hating seeing your own work. And like, I've not been in a film, so I, well... I did a film like in high school, but like, or was it, it that was, kind of film? It was a, it was a like a, a an indie 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 sex oh. tape. No, I'm it was a indie no. sex tape. <laughs> no, as opposed to like a professional. Oh, that's great. No, like we did a film project in college or something. But like, I've not been in a major film. Like, I haven't seen myself on the big screen. That might be kind of cringy. But they've said that like in past uh, screenings of films of his, like he's been like in a green room, like crouched in a corner, like with anxiety, and like I can imagine that's got to be debilitating. If if this is your job and like you have to go to screenings, and I like can that. see that. But I also see the importance of trying to face that fear because you're going to be in a situation where you're a huge actor you your clips and your things are being played all over the place yeah. and I think it's important to dig deep into what that's about sounds like he needs a good therapist I mean everyone does yeah. and everyone needs a Dr. Jen in their lives uh, but I, we're gonna, when we come back I think it's interesting to detail there's an article here about why people hate the sound of their own voices and the science that kind of goes behind it so that's yeah. pretty interesting we're gonna push News It or Lose It back just a little oh, bit oh crap got, I forgot about no, News It or Lose we've, It because we've got a, this is a really good conversation yeah. so we'll push News It or Lose It to the end of the hour uh, 
Uh, drop the subject comes right on back. Drop the subject to new Channel Q. So we're having this conversation about Adam Driver walking out of an NPR interview with Terry Gross after they played a clip of him um, from the new film that he has on Netflix and in theaters called Marriage Story. Uh, and part of it they seem to think was because he is kind of adverse to hearing his own work. And so um, we were talking about how sometimes we're all adverse to like hearing our own voices, especially if you're in media or, you know, you're an actor and you're adverse to seeing yourself on camera. And Ali, you said that there's actually like more information on why people feel that way. Yeah. Well, it says that this article says the real reason the sound of your voice, that your own voice makes you cringe. And there's a psychologist from the University of Essex, uh, which, you know, her name is Dr. Silk Palman, which, you of know, course. I'm sure I can just picture her voice being amazing. And she says, <laughs> I would speculate that the fact that we sound more high pitched than we think we should leads us to cringe as it doesn't meet our internal expectations. Our voice plays a massive role in forming our identity. And I guess no one likes to realize that you're not really who you think you are. Interesting. So basically, the reason is because your recorded voice doesn't sound how you expect it's going to. Because the way that your voice sounds in your own head versus the sound that's coming out that you're hearing is different than what other people are hearing. Yeah. Well, that's it's a good... the very, very small difference, mm-hmm. but there is a difference in the timbre and the way that you're hearing yourself versus the way somebody else is hearing it. So you're more hearing it from an outside perspective when you're hearing your voice recorded back to right. you. And then another aspect that they point out, which is really interesting, is that... It's not just the difference in the frequency and the pitch, but it's also this revelation that occurs where you realize that your voice conveys things about yourself that you might be insecure about. Mm. For example, you know, if you sound insecure or you sound emotional over something and these are things that you're normally trying to hide and they are coming through in your voice and Hmm. you're listening back to it and actually hearing those things, some of your insecurities are coming out through your voice. I, 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 Realizing, like, when you're hearing your own voice when you're speaking, you're hearing your voice from inside your head, right? Like, you're hearing it through, you're coming back to your head or whatever. But, like, when you're hearing it recorded, you're hearing it through a speaker and, like, it's coming at you as opposed to coming from you. Exactly. Um, And I know for myself, when I was hearing myself recorded, uh, it's kind of ironic now that I'm on a gay radio station, but I always thought I sounded so gay. Really? Yeah. And I've always thought, like, my voice sounded so, like... I don't know. It didn't necessarily sound effeminate, but I just always heard my homosexuality in my voice, which I think was part of also like me trying to suppress my homosexuality. Even like pre coming out days and post coming out days, I was trying to still like suppress it a little bit. And I think um, one of the the quotes that I've always loved from someone, um, they were talking about how like the most queenie people are the ones who's done who have done the most work to advance like the community. And like I recognize for myself, like me trying to like suppress my gayness wasn't really helping me or anyone else at the time. It was like me like holding back who I was. And so I think part of it has been like embracing my own voice quite literally and figuratively and like embracing who I am and what I bring to the so conversation. So that's interesting. So world. do you think that you listen to your voice now and you sound gay? No, I'm, I don't I'm, think that you sound gay. Yeah. I'm totally used to my voice at this point, but even like I said, like I started that podcast when I was at top model. So that would be like 2011, 2012, we started. Um, even then I was still like not feeling good about myself, about being gay. And I had been out for a long time at that point. But I think for me, it had a lot to do with me always feeling like my voice sounded so gay. And I don't feel that now, but I've definitely cringed before. Do you think that I sound like a lesbian? 
I, <laughs> no, because you don't sound like Jean. But what if I do this? Well, do when you, think you do that, now I sound like a lesbian because you sound like you're wearing a suit with no tie. I wish I would be right now. <laughs> Does it sound like I'm wearing khakis with lots of pockets? Tack, cargo pants okay. is what you've got Does on. Does it look like I have very supportive shoes? It looks. It sounds like you have. <laughs> Sounds like you have a very, very short haircut. Does it sound like I have a flat affect and that anything that's humorous is going to make me upset? Does it sound like my wife is my world? My my wife and my Himalayan cats are my life. Spay and neuter your pets. Everything. My cat has herpes. Um, Oh, no. Emmy. But but we don't judge the cat for having herpes. No, she's a special needs cat. (laughs) And we actually run a sanctuary, a sanctuary for special need animals. Jean has to have a special needs cat. That's the only kind of cat she can. Have. Yeah, it has like one leg and like mange. That is hilarious. What were we going to ask Emmy? Sorry. I wanted to ask you, Emmy, if you felt self conscious about your voice if you don't like hearing your own voice on uh, on pre recorded radio. Yeah, no, I hate it. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because my best friend Jared called into the show and you had said something on the show. He was like, "Oh my god, I love Emmy's voice." Her because you have like people say that they really. Sultry... I'm not just trying to to you know yeah, yeah, yeah. toot my own horn, but people do enjoy say they enjoy my voice. But my laugh, like my cackle, people don't think it's annoying, but they think it's hilarious. Yeah. Like I have one of those laughs that triggers other people to laugh. <laughs> I was saying like I I didn't imagine you as like a big laugher, and then you were like, "Are you kidding?" And I was like, "Oh my god, that's right." You have like an explosive laugh i do it goes zero to a hundred real quick like (laughs) it'll just like burst out and it it might scare a couple people i mean they can't see your face but your face is always like huge shock when you're laughing you're like oh my god like kind of yes because i'm trying to breathe for air because it's like it just (laughs) takes up my entire lung capacity when i laugh but what is it about your voice that you don't like what is it that what is the sound like what is a trigger for you i don't know it's not nothing in particular it's just sort of um I don't know. A lot of the time, I feel like if I am concentrating too hard on how I sound, I come off as like very monotone and very hmm. unenthusiastic. And I'm a pretty expressive person when it yeah. comes down to it. And I feel like I don't do that in normal conversation. But but it's something I'm working on. I'm yeah. getting over it. Well, I think it's important to to reflect on this stuff because it seems like you have Jarrett and you have Emmy. And for somebody like Adam Driver, it seems to be debilitating for yeah. him. And it seems to be something that makes it so that he cannot continue on or, or function as far as doing an interview or something like that, that to me is problematic for his own mental health. I would say it's probably time for you to go to a therapist and say, because I don't know, I've had a lot of teachers that were like, yes, it's cringeworthy to listen to your voice or to see your face on camera, but it's one of the best ways to learn about yourself and how you're portrayed. So I think that it's important to be able to be comfortable with it. Well, speaking of people being comfortable with their voices, has anyone heard of Mariah Carey? Oh. Um, (laughs) One of the most important voices or most recognizable voices in the world. And to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Mariah Carey's album, Merry Christmas, which is actually one of my very favorite albums, uh, and the single, All I Want for Christmas is You. We want to give you a chance to win the ultimate holiday gift and... It is incredible. You can win a trip to Las Vegas to see Mariah Carey at the Coliseum inside Caesars Palace in February. You've got two round-trip airfare tickets, two uh, hotel accommodations for two, two tickets to see Mariah Carey's The Butterfly Show, and backstage passes to meet the one and only Mariah Carey. Go to wearechannelq.com. That's wearechannelq.com for your chance to win. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, it is that time. News It 
Lose It is here. Ali, you've got three headlines. I've got three votes. We'll see what the people get. We will. All right. Headline number one, why women should would make good leaders. Reason number 562, 50% of women have a backup partner. A backup? Oh. I mean, how could you say no? <laughs> uh, here's another stat-related one for you. More than a quarter of people suggest that Santa should be female or gender neutral. Uh, I'm sure. Okay. This is Channel Q. All right. And headline number three, puppies making people sick. <laughs> CDC says pet store puppies linked to outbreak of infection. Oh. Infection um, puppies. Lose it. <laughs> All right. I feel like we got what we needed in that. I think we've got everything we need. 50% of women having a backup partner and more than a quarter of people that think uh, Santa should be female or gender neutral. We'll get all to that when we uh, get to all of that when we get back. Uh-oh. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents... News it or lose it. The impeachment trial bingo right now that we promised you. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I'm yeah, glad you're following through. I am. I'm working on it right now. But you are working on two stories because you got two for news it or lose it. What you got? Okay. So let's start with how 50% of women in a relationship have a backup partner. Say what you will about women. We are planners, okay? And we definitely <laughs> want to make sure if things don't work out one way, we've got a, a, a safety net sitting right behind us. I mean, listen, it's smart. It is smart. So this study finds if women in a relationships have backup partners, the answer for 50%, like I said, was yes. The backup person is usually the following. It is mostly an old friend. Around 1,000 women participated in a survey. 50% of the participants, both married as well as unmarried, admitted to having a backup plan or a person to fall back on in case that they separated from their current partner. Oh my God. This is also like that friend of yours that had based, you were their backup plan. If I don't get married and have a kid oh, at a I was certain like, age, what? you're the person that yeah. I'm going to be doing that my with. My best friend in high school, we we made this pact, and uh, she and I said that if we turned 35 and we hadn't had children, we'd have kids together. Right. And then she called me and was like, so, mm-hmm. remember when we were 18? And yeah. I was like, excuse me? Get on it. Yeah. Literally. Okay. She turns 35 next month, by the okay. way. <laughs> you have a month to find play matchmaker and find well, this Well, at least a year to get her pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They said they can also be an ex-boyfriend, a colleague, etc. Other per- participants in the survey said that their backup person can be anyone, an, ex- co- uh, an ex-husband, even a colleague, a school friend, or even a man she met at the gym. What? Yep. And it would usually be a person who would drop everything for her. So it'd be somebody who you can literally call and be like, my life is falling apart. And they would show up and be there for you. So it's like that kind of old reliable. This kind of makes me think about when people reference a boyfriend or a guy as, oh, he's first husband or second husband material. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Like first husband is like the cute guy because you want to have the good kid, the cute kids. But the second husband is the guy with the money that might not be as attractive. Yes. See, this is what I mean. You, You plan out. Your future. Boom. All right. A survey, another survey, says that more than a quarter of people suggest that Santa should be female or gender neutral. A graphic design company has conducted a survey on rebranding Santa to make him a little bit more modern. This includes things like giving him some new hair, giving him an iPhone, giving him a couple of tats, putting him on a diet because, you know, it's very important. America has a big obesity problem. So mm-hmm. why are we like, oh, this jolly old fat man that we're going to give a bunch of cookies and milk to? Why don't we uh, have a little bit? Yeah, of course, body positivity is great, but maybe we should make sure Santa's kind of healthy. That's right. Maybe he's feeling good as hell. Maybe he's maybe he's saying, you know what? I'm into this. Yeah. 
So 27% of respondents said that they would also prefer Santa to be either a woman or gender neutral if they had to be rebranded. 21% of people thought Santa should be put down uh, should put down the cookies and get on a diet, as Part I said. Part of me thinks that Santa needing to be a woman is ridiculous. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, how was Santa not a woman to begin with? <laughs> I mean, like I said, women get things done. Um, well, just like the idea of being like so giving to children, like that is that feels as female as anything. Yeah, and what the hell's Mrs. Claus doing? She's just sitting back doing nothing? Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, it's the moment you've all been waiting for here on Drop the Subject with Jarrett and Allie. I'm very excited about this, actually. I, I am, too. I'm going to actually is... put my headphones on. Oh, well, yeah, you will definitely need them <laughs> unless you want more awkward moments. This is the part of the show where, you know, hey, everybody loves a good year-end list, and we decided to do some show-specific year-end lists. Today, we are going to go through the five most awkward moments on the Drop the Subject's history, of, or at least 2019 history, because that's all we got, really, is 2019 history. But anyway... There are several moments we scoured through a lot of the most awkward things that have happened on this show, and we narrowed it down to five. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, listening back through these throughout the show and getting and uh, Emmy, you know, working hard to get all these audio clips together has been uh, such a joy. And yes. it, you know, just having a conversation before about how much people hate their own voices, it's really nice to listen to some of the most awkward <laughs> parts of your voice as well. Oh man, totally. When you're having like an epic fail when something's going awry, or maybe when you're ambushing someone. (laughs) Exactly, which is the first clip. This is number five of our top five most awkward moments on Drop the Subject's history. There was a show by the name of Ravenswood Manor. It was a play that was debuting here in Los Angeles. Which sounded very cool. It was, yes. It did sound very cool. I also, we were pitched this interview, and I realized that I had auditioned for this play and was not cast in it, so we decided to ambush the director while bringing him in for a live interview in studio. I, uh, at all, look familiar to you. You do? Yes, you do, a little bit. It's interesting. I didn't mean to ambush you, but... Please ambush me. You say they're the funniest people in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I received an email months back from someone named Tom DeTrinis inviting me to uh, audition for this wonderful new play <laughs> called wow. Ravenswood Manor. All right. And I really thought I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> and then Tom said, hey, you know what? Well, I'm going to let you know that was such a great job. He did. And then now here we are. Here we are. Wow. <laughs> This is, this is a, you're going to kill me at the end of this. (laughs) Ah, well, there you have it. You know, that actually, he took it pretty well, but then off the air, I think he was a little uncomfortable. He was very awkward after that here in the studio, which I guess we didn't really talk about on the show that day. He was just kind of like, oh, okay. But it was like. Oh, we're doing another break of this? Yeah, because we went went on to do another segment with him, uh, like a game segment or something, but it was just like. Dude, calm down. It's okay. It's not like we're going to fight you. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm sure it's an uncomfortable thing to be brought into a radio station and then uh, have somebody confront you about why they weren't cast in a play. But it was a joyous moment for me. It was a little bit of redemption, even though it got me nowhere. Well, um, the next moment on the list, number four, was not such a joyous moment for you. You, uh, (laughs) Justin was here. Ginger Justin, our former producer who was fired on the show. Uh, You were, we were doing a list of a bunch of different sounds and you... It was the most annoying annoying sounds. Right. Yeah, and, it was like the top 10 most annoying sounds. And uh, this is what happened there. 
All right. Talking about the most annoying sounds in the world for just the Tip Tuesday this week. Here's another one. Another celebrity has made a cameo. And this is... <laughs> uh, let's take a listen. I wonder if you agree. I'm a bitch. True. Hey! I said celebrity, you douche! Yeah, that was my bad. That is not... I didn't say shrill lesbian. <laughs> Play the damn Gilbert Godfrey clip. Yeah, so basically what happened there is Justin was being a jerk and he decided to play a clip of me instead of the Gilbert Gottfried clip, which was the next on the list of the most annoying sounds in the world. So, and Jarrett has never laughed harder in his life. I got very upset. So funny again. The, and, hey! Uh, yeah. Say shrill, like that. <laughs> uh, I'm a bitch. Like it was, just, it was so good. Uh, it was such a good moment. And those are just the first two. Those are the first two. When we take a quick break, we're gonna come back and give you the top three most awkward moments from this year of Drop the Subject. Uh, remind you, you can find all these moments in our podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can search Drop the Subject and see all the past shows. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject, Allie and Jarrett. If you've been checking us out for the first time over the past couple days, then you're in luck because we're going to give you a little taste of Drop the Subject's history. I I think it's great that, Jarrett, you pointed out these are some of the most awkward moments of the decade for us. Yeah, absolutely. We're kind of giving you uh, the beloved sampler platter. Like, who doesn't love a sampler when you go to a restaurant? damn it, I love a sampler platter. Of the appetizers? Like... Oh, like, and even a little charcuterie. Oh, Give me yeah. A, a couple of gherkins. I always want the the cheese stick. We're really going on a tangent here. It's not even a Monday. <laughs> um, okay, so we are doing this list, and so far we've gotten through the first two. The first two were, um, <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the next two. Uh, Justin Sayer, when you ambushed him about not casting you in the play. Yep. Um, and Allie getting <laughs> trolled, really, by Ginger Justin when he was here. Um, now, number three on this list is we had a man that's running for governor on the show. And he was here talking about why he was running for governor, because it's it's a campaign that's kind of questionable for some people. He's running because he does not like the way that Facebook allows political candidates to run ads that tell lies. We had him on the show, but... We had a consistent problem with his interview and with uh, his potty mouth. With his potty mouth, yes, this is what happened. Contract for Facebook and have people look at like horrible shit that people post that people don't want. We can't right? curse because Just be careful. <laughs> but tell us um, why you're running son, for governor okay, can specifically. I swear to God, because I have children. Because I f-ing have children. Okay, oh, all right. Now you have my vote, sir. And I think we should do a Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren ticket, and I think everyone else should f***ing... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, did he get cut so, off? Oh, so, he hit okay. the quota. Adriel, Ginger Justin um, denied. <laughs> denied. Denied. He is what we like to call out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I that- just was one of the most awkward moments on the on the airways of ours for sure. I think he cussed four times on the show. Yeah, uh, uh, and you know what? It started out very normal. Right, I did not see it coming I at all. I didn't either. And then it was all of a sudden he swore and then you you know matter of factly kind of said, yeah, "Okay, can't cuss." And but but then it just kind of spiraled into this f bomb frenzy. Well, I will tell you when I was at, <laughs> when I was so in great. high school theater, I had I think it was actually a, a real nightmare that I was going to come out on stage and not know my line and say f bomb, yeah, and then go s word <laughs> in response to having said f bomb, and then like I, I think the nightmare was that the whole rest of the show I just said 
F, S, F, 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 like, and he kind of did that. Oh, I <laughs> that really it. wanted you to say it just now. I know, right? You really got through that. That was great. I, thank you. It was hard. It was hard work. Um, <laughs> that is a legitimate fear, though. Oh, that, my that's God. That's a fear of a lot of people. A lot of guests, too. They're very, very... The, one of the biggest things that they're afraid of is swearing on the air. Is coming in and saying the wrong word. Yeah, I mean, mind I, you, you and I have both kind of done it. I mean, I've mind you, I've said a couple of words I wasn't supposed to say because I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes where you don't really realize that you're swearing. It's just kind of subconscious. There's other times where you're not really sure what you can say and can't say. I mean, aside from the big major ones, I know that I've said things that technically you can't say on the airwaves. I hope the FCC isn't listening. Let's move on to number two. All right. So... If you guys don't know what a live tease is, if you're listening live to the show right now, I just did a live tease where I said, we're in the middle of Drop the Subject's top five most awkward moments of the decade, where we come in at the beginning of a song or just before a song, and we tell you something that's coming up in the next segment um, as a way to let you know what's what's coming up. Well, I... Sometimes we do them off the cuff sometimes. We write them. You know, it just depends. Sometimes we'll pre-record them if it's a little longer. I had one that didn't go quite as well. Yeah, and you know when you're working under a time constraint, it can be it can be stressful. And when it's the same thing with swearing, if you mess up once, it's just kind of spirals. Yeah, from sometimes there. it's hard to recover. So this is what happened. Hello, I'm Jared Hill, a radio <laughs> professional. Oh wait. Yes, this is um, when we came back. I don't know if yeah. you guys caught that, but uh, my live tease was a piece of work. Uh, Emmy, can we play that again? Yeah, we have to play it because if you're listening to the podcast, then you, you I don't think it. you yeah I don't think you hear the live teases that we do on the air. And Jared, Martha just Stewart is let... throwing shade at federal inmate named Felicity Huffman. And are you being watched by your bedside at a robot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I how wait. that. I want to hear so, it one more time. <laughs> and th- one more time I did. Right. I think I was supposed to be asking if you were being watched by your bedside by a robot or by a, yeah, by well, a there camera were robots, or something. There were robot cameras that were in people's bedside tables. In I a think, hotel room, I yes, think? Yes, in hotel rooms. Yeah. And it was it was a bit of a tongue twister. It but was. If you're being watched by your bedside at a robot, please call us at 877. And now Emmy actually has it as a hotkey. So like at any given moment, yeah. she will just like throw it into the middle of a conversation. Are you being watched by your bedside at a robot? Are you? <laughs> That's one of life's biggest questions, I think. All right, the grand finale is next. Yes, the number one most awkward moment on this show in the entire decade of an eight-month-old show. Uh, <laughs> that's coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Alright, let's keep the energy going here on Drop the Subject. Allie and Jarrett, we've been going through the most awkward moments of DTS history. Of the decade. Of the decade, which Jarrett aptly pointed out because we can say that. We've yep. only been on for, together for eight months, but it is the most awkward of the decade. And we've gone through an interview with Justin Sayer where I confronted him about not casting me in his play. We've gone over uh, Justin, Ginger Justin, uh, throwing me under the bus on the air when it came to the most annoying sounds of the world. We've also talked about uh, Adriel Hampton, who is running for governor and j- dropped a ton of F-bombs on the air. And then, of course, the infamous Jarrett saying, by your, are you being watched by your bedside at a robot during a live tease? And now we get to the grand finale. The I, most awkward moment. I don't think, I mean, it's obviously, there. I don't think there could have been a more awkward moment on the show well, than this. Yeah, and we kind of, I mean, we, we 100% did it to ourselves. We decided we were going to do a game to up the stakes because to be clear, there aren't a lot I was of stakes. not for this. I know you weren't, but. I and was very I, anti. Just to be fair, I wasn't either. 
But Justin mentioned, hey, Ginger Justin said, well, why don't the person who loses the game gets fired? And then we put it to a vote, which I also did not even do on Twitter. Fair. And then that, that won. That was my fault. And then I said, we have to honor our word. We took a vote. We decided to do it. And Kevin Klein came on to host the game itself. And here's how it all shook out. Ali, his, his, his bid is $60. Man, I've been on Spirit. It was awful. But I did get a flight all the way to Minnesota for $40. So I think I'm going to go lower. I'm going to do 50 bucks, Kevin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 50 bucks. All right, you're not allowed to ring your own bell. I don't like this. <laughs> the correct answer, the Black Friday price on a Spirit Airlines flight, is $51.29. No! Which means... I want it! Allie keeps oh her God. job. <laughs> Justin, any parting words on this She's radio going. station? Oh Why God. was oh this God. the oh idea God. that you guys listened to me on? I will say and part, he, that was the last time we heard his voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yikes. I will say part of the stress of that was like we're live on the radio and we were so late. Like, Oh, I know. That was the gone. last break. It yeah. was already past two o'clock. We had to. Sorry, Brian. We cut a song. Um, we <laughs> had to. We were supposed to be out at two and we were over like a minute and a half or something. We were way over time. And like, so we I'm just having had to anxiety. kind of be like, you lost. You're fired. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Drop the subject. <laughs> and like, I I was having so much anxiety because yeah. I was watching the clock. I was watching this game happen next to me. It was it was it was a lot, it and I don't. I, I still don't think people think that Ginger Justin really is gone. But like, He's Ginger gone. Justin has not been here for I don't. Was it been like a month? It's or been so? almost a month. Yeah, I um, think he might have another job by now. Yeah, I hope he does. I, I yikes! That was that was the most uncomfortable yeah. radio yeah. moment. You know, and I understand that it made a lot of people uncomfortable. But you know what? We decided to do what's that? Because we had already talked to Adriel Hampton. Oh, is he? We. We're able to get him again. Okay. Because I don't think that he feels he was being painted. He painted himself in the best light. Adriel Hampton, who's running for, for, for governor and couldn't yes. stop cursing. He couldn't stop cursing. Kind of made an ass of himself, which I can say that on the air. All the hey, words that hey. he said you couldn't say. But now he is uh, on the phone to redeem himself. So, Adriel, we have you on the phone now. We just played the clip of you on the show. Uh, where the producer dropped you out because you'd cursed three times and then the fourth one, they cut you off. Mm. We talked about it here on the show and I was curious, what happened? What were you thinking afterwards? Redeem yourself, sir. (laughs) Well, I was thinking I should tell folks that I am running for governor to protest (laughs) fake ads on Facebook, (laughs) uh, which you kept asking me the question, but I'd done so many interviews, you know, you forget that people don't know the story. So Facebook allows people to lie on their platform in paid advertising, but only if you're a politician. I believe this is a big loophole for the Trump campaign and the Republican Party to exploit. I'm a California leftist. I'm not registered with the political party, but I have a marketing background. Um, And I was just really excited. And um, I happen to swear a lot. And uh, it's hard Mm -hmm. to switch out of that mode. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a person who is running for governor, I think it's important to ask, what is your favorite swear word? (laughs) <laughs> you really walked him up to that one. How many? How many? How many times can I? Can I? Is it four strikes? I think. People, yeah. I don't think we reset your strikes. I think you're all out. Uh, okay, I'm all out. I'm also uh, running on a California Green New Deal and Medicare for all. 
you shouldn't have to pay when you go to the doctor. That should be something that the government provides as part of general welfare. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to uh, continue to talk to voters in California about how we can um, make life better for everybody. And I'm for people that swear and for people who don't swear. And I appreciate <laughs> you having me on to redeem myself. Of course, Adriel, tell people where they can find out more about your campaign. Uh, AdrielforCalifornia.com. It's the numeral four. Okay. Adriel is A-D-R-I-E-L. And I just wanted yes. to say, as a suggested slogan, Adriel Hampton, because I have f***ing kids. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Adriel. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Drop the Subject comes right back, right after this. Drop the Subject, the new Channel Q. All right, it's important that we give you updates here on Drop the Subject. We can't just sit here and listen to our own voices all day. (laughs) We have to educate you on the world at large, and of course that includes crazy impeachment stuff. Oh, okay, sorry, that was good. Wait, what Uh, is it? I'm sorry. uh, What are we doing? Here is some crazy. Okay, here Here is some crazy. I was like, I can do it live. F it, I'll do it live. Uh, yes, we are going to uh, want to let you know about what's happening with the impeachment. As of uh, today, uh, the House is basically going through their debates of the impeachment. So starting this morning, um, three hours of debate coming from the, the Democrats and then three hours of debate coming from Republicans. Right now, uh, Representative Jeff Duncan uh, from South Carolina is uh, standing up in front of Congress debating about uh, impeachment. So after six hours of debate, my God, uh, there will seemingly be a vote on whether or not to approve these articles of impeachment, therefore impeaching impeaching him. Donald Trump, which will only be the third time that's ever happened. In, in and the uh, it seems that while the White House is debating his impeachment, Donald Trump is delivering holiday cards to the Senate offices right now. What's that? So, yeah, it says this is another update here. Nothing's going to stop the White House from making sure senators get their holiday card this year. Oh, wow. Not even the impeachment. They said that uh, White House staffers have been seen delivering packages to seven Senate offices that included a Christmas card and a letter from President Donald Trump uh, penned to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday. So he's writing her a little <laughs> crappy, wonderful Christmas card. Jesus. Could you imagine getting a Christmas card from somebody that you're currently in a legal battle with? Yeah, no. I remember. I do remember getting a, a, a Christmas card from the Obamas. Um, I did too. Yeah, I like loved getting that. I was like, yay. Like that. Yeah, that was really cool. It was like, dear Allison. I was like, he's said, talking to me. I saw a, an envelope addressed from the White House or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, what in the hell is this? I was like, just kidding, I love mail. Yeah, no, I was nervous at first, like, what is happening? And then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, Donald Trump is apparently making sure that everyone, in, or probably just Republicans, are getting um, Christmas cards. But also, yesterday he sent a letter to Nancy Pelosi, which was... This was the day before the Christmas card, by Right. The way. Six pages long. Um, and it's one of those things where I feel like he was like shouting out things that he wanted because there, there's reporting that he used to like never like write emails, but he would like dictate he would just them. shout them into series. Well, he would he would shout them out to his his like assistant or secretary. I wanted to say that yeah. this is a witch hunt, and I imagine this is what he did. Because and his, when you tell me, sorry, when you tell me it's six pages long, I cannot imagine him actually sitting and writing something that was six. Pa- well, I mean, just actually taking the time to sit down and write six pages 
pages of anything. Or anything I would imagine him tweet. ranting for six pages, but yeah. I can't imagine him physically writing it. Well, I thought to myself, like, when I saw that there was a letter, I was like, if it's a page long or like, you know, a few paragraphs, he probably just fired off something. Mm. But if it's anything longer than that, he shouted at someone what he wanted it to say. And then they took that and put it into like, you know justifiable human language (laughs) and then sent it off to Nancy Pelosi. And so um, there are so many things in here that he's saying that are just like classic, like arrogant, narcissistic uh, projection where he's saying this impeachment represents an unprecedented and unconstitutional abuse of power by Democrat lawmakers unequaled in nearly two and a half centuries of American legislative history. Donald Trump has never spoken like that in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's definitely not his words. You've cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment when he's cheapened like literally every piece of language that's come out of his mouth um but then uh, today lindsey graham was speaking in front of congress and i want to remind you before we play this lindsey graham is a juror and a trial that's about to happen talking about a conversation he's having with the defendant in said trial i talked to him today I said, how are you doing? Well, I'm being impeached. Other than that, I'm doing okay. <laughs> uh, I think he um, sees this as a partisan exercise. I think he's worried about the effect it will have on the presidency itself. But I told him, Mr. President, when you look at the last week, you've accomplished some things that would be a great year for any normal president. Uh, your legacy is going to now include being impeached by the House acquitted by the Senate. The question is, will it be more than that? And I'm assured him, I assured him it would, that if it gets a second term, it will be bigger than it is today, that I stress to him that what you're doing to rebuild the military is much appreciated. My view of getting out of the Iran deal is a, is a good move. What you've done so in Israel is historic. this is Lindsey Graham consoling Donald Trump, that everything is going to be fine. You're going to make it through this. And I would just, in that moment, I wish that like someone was like able to hack the line and play the clips of Lindsey Graham from 2016 talking about how Donald Trump was a racist and a liar and a con man and how he shouldn't be the nominee and he could never be president. Like, I just... I, I'm always so fascinated by the stark contrast of who Lindsey Graham is now. So to fascinated to the point where he wouldn't even know that. Like, he wouldn't even expect that anybody would remember history and just, know that he's com- completely hi- contradicting himself. Yeah, but then what you point out is interesting because you're saying he's a juror in this trial, but he's also telling him you're going to be fine, you're going to be acquitted, yeah. which is unethical. That is wildly unethical. Like We could talk about that for hours, but Emmy's already wrapping us. So we're yeah. going to take a quick break. When we come back, things have gotten very heated over at The View, and the ladies have been going at it with each other, and they've had to come back and actually address themselves being a headline. That's coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are about to get into this conversation about The View. I will tell you, I um, you know your Google app, they like always have like news headlines in it. Yes. And so like my Google headlines, 
every single day there's another story about the view and is that because it, you you think that's tailored specifically to you or do you yeah. think that's just okay well it's because so they're I, like here's the next thing about the view that exactly you need to know, Jared. i think it shows me things about megan mccain or well, probably not about megan mccain because who are we kidding but i think it's about the view or i maybe whoopi goldberg or something but like there's always a headline or two about some fiery exchange mm. that was had on the view uh in the past couple of days so i am never surprised when I see another View headline and I almost kind of ignore them because I see them every day. Right. Um, and then this week on Monday there was a headline that was like really you know, like making a lot of a lot like of Like more than usual, yeah. Exactly. And so apparently over the week or off Monday Megan McCain and Sonny Hostin were having an exchange and Megan McCain, who is probably one of probably easily the most controversial person on the panel, was just kind of on a rant uh, over talking Sonny Hostin, whom I adore. Uh, and this is how that went down. Senators that are in the Senate. Here's what's happening now. We're going to we're going to show keep, ever. Girl, like, please stop talking. I, please stop talking right now. Because you know what? No what's Happening. Thank no, you. No problem. Thank you. I won't talk the rest of the show. No okay. problem. Okay. That's I'm okay with that. So that continued for a little bit, and then eventually Whoopi just like tossed a break. She, yeah. And she was like, "Coming up next, FBI. We'll be right back. We'll be right back." And she was just like over it. And I don't know what they were talking about specifically. They were, I believe, they were talking about gun control or something oh, like okay. that, if I'm not mistaken. But don't quote me on that. But that was uh, they basically were kind of talking over each other. And Megan McCain is kind of. I mean, again, removing politics from it, she's kind of like the whiny brat on the panel a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, she would assert her dad, she would invoke that John McCain thing at any given moment, and it would not take long for her to get to her dad. Well, my father, my dad, my father, my dad. And it's like, mm-hmm. can you just stand on your own two feet? Like, we get it. Um, and then that has always been a frustrating thing about her, but she's always like whining and complaining in, in a way that's really annoying. And it's not about her being a Republican because Abby Huntsman on the show is also a Republican. And on Fridays when Anna Navarro is there, they have three Republicans on that show. And Megan McCain just kind of blah sometimes. I will say Whoopi came back onto the show this morning and had to address it. They don't usually address the headlines about themselves because, again, there are so many mm. headlines about them. You, you, They'd spend every single day talking about them. But this was blowing up so much to the point where they felt the need to address it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, came out on the show this morning, and uh, this is what she said. You know, we, we want, I, we're just going to do a little cleanup. <clears throat> before we do anything. You know, things get heated on this show. If you watch the show, you know this has happened over the years. We're really passionate. This is our jobs. We come in, we talk to each other. Sometimes we're not as polite as we could be. That's just the way it is. You're dealing with the same thing when you sit around your table with your family and you don't agree. <laughs> or somebody says something and goes off the rails. This is what this is part of what we do. This is not an indication that women can't sit around and talk. This is not an indication that we don't know how to deal with each other on camera. This is happening in real time. Stuff happens on this show in real time. And everybody, you know, wherever you sit in all of this, don't assume that you that we're over here with little butcher knives under the table. (laughs) So she's addressing it. And I will say that, like, 
because I've been gay my whole life, I've watched The View since I was a kid. Uh, they're in their 25th-ish season or something like that. And like I remember when the show first started, I remember Meredith Vieira and thinking like that show used to be something completely different. Um, and now it has become so political. It's so Hot Topics focused. Was it um, usually more like puff pieces and stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah. I mean, like they at the time were talking about you know, Bill Clinton's impeachment because that was an enormous and also like sexy salacious story but like it was not covering the White House every single day it, it wasn't was not... co- covering gun control on a regular basis absolutely right. absolutely not and so um, it was just kind of it's interesting the way that the show has evolved I enjoy the discourse about politics that they have um, but then like you look at a show like The Talk which is like their direct competitor um, well their direct opposite I should say I used to work on The Talk and like The Talk prides itself on not addressing politics which I think is really hard to do in this time because politics and it's on the tip of everyone's tongue all the time. Well, like politics and pop culture are so intertwined now, right? Like Donald Trump was a reality television host before he was president. Well, and if you even think go go to award shows, even when people accept awards, they make it about politics and sports has been about politics. I mean, it, it is, you're right, creeping into kind of every aspect of our lives and every aspect of different news categories. And, and media is, been politicized in a way I mean media has always had like a political leaning in one way or the other but being a part of the media is now politicized being an athlete is politicized putting out a song is political everything is so political so I'm always challenged with how you know how does the talk go about doing that every single day I know that they always they're always paying attention to the view to make sure that they're not talking about the same stories to give their audience something different but um, I will say like watching the view become what it has become is has been interesting but the thing I continue to ask myself is what happens if Donald Trump wins another another term? The country will never be what it was, and will in, in in the worst of ways. I think that we will see our country change in a way that will be irreparable. Um, and I think like discourse is this hot right now. What is it going to be when he has four more years of being able to do whatever he wants to do because he doesn't have to get reelected and he has a Congress that has told him everything he's done is fine? Well, and how is that going to affect the family that that Whoopi Goldberg refers to? Okay, we all argue, but we all are a family and we all, you know, we're not holding butcher knives on the table. We're just having conversations. But then it's also what does it reach a point when you there the differences are so vast that the family needs to break up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a quick break when we come back drop the subject returns with uh, some more crazy impeachment updates we've got news that are lose it we're almost out of here but we've got a lot more for you drop the subject the new channel q welcome back to drop the subject i'm jared that's ali and it is time for something we like to call the gma yes the gma the gma is kind of the ask me anything ama Turned on its gay side, on its, <laughs> on its gay shoulder. Which, on a gay side, could be a lot of different sides. And absolutely good. Well, then, that kind of is a nice segue into my question for you, Jared. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't know, know how personal you want to get. Okay, go for it. But do you have a fetish? Do I have a fetish? Oh, um... Which you don't have to answer if you don't feel comfortable, but well, no, I don't what mind. is the, if I, you feel like sharing the craziest thing or the if you have any fantasy oh. that you say, if you did have a fetish, which one you would be into? Um, I, 
<laughs> it's funny because I was like having, feet. I was well. So I'm actually the foot fetish thing is so weird to me. Yeah, I don't get it. I've had a guy that was like really into feet that was like <laughs> wanting to do things with my feet, and I was like, "Sure, sis, get your life." <laughs> Don't get it. But, you know, I mean. So that you allowed that to happen, but you yeah, are not really I mean, feeling like, anything. Like, listen, if you want to massage my feet, get your life. Yeah, Turn that's up. that's fine. But it, when when you hear about people like licking feet, I, that's when I'm a little bit like, all right. Or foot no worship. Okay. If that just means like rubbing some lotion and, and massage, then sure. But yeah. But once it becomes like hyper, like if you want to lick my toes, get your life. <laughs> but like, don't ask me to do it back. I, I believe in reciprocity in your sex life, but like, I got to draw the line. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, if you want to lick my toes, get your life is a great slogan. Yeah. I think for anybody um, to live by. I wouldn't say I have a specific fetish. I will say that I am not a person who has like a bunch of like rules and boundaries and lines about, oh, I'm not doing that. Unless right. we're talking about feet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I would. I don't know if you had really great feet and you really wanted me to put them in my mouth. Maybe. Um, but okay. I, but Ryan, I'm not a, Ryan Reynolds. If he wanted to put his feet in your mouth, would you let him? I, they'd probably be in my throat. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds, that Kumail Nanjiani this week. Okay. Um, Idris Elba probably has some good ones. <laughs> um, if that was something you're really into, maybe. Uh-huh. But like to me, feet are just really weird and gross. So, um, okay. But for me, I'm not a person who's just like I don't do that and I won't do that. Mm-hmm. And like I always tell my partners, like I'm I'm pretty open and flexible. So like if you uh-huh. and I always you know say variety, versatility is the spice of life. Take that how you want to. Okay. Well. Um, and I think that. And for me, with like sexual relationships, it's always just better to be able to like be open to trying things. Um, like when I lived in Atlanta, I've gone to like, what can I say on the radio? Um, I've gone to Naughty like parties, parties yeah. where there are multiple people having a good time. Yeah. Um, and I think people should be able to explore those things and try them and see what you want. Because I I feel like I kind of get painted as like a very buttoned up journalisty person here who's got like very rigid and conservative views on like personal things. But like realistically, I feel like people should be able to do whatever is of interest to them yeah. and should probably try most things at least twice. All right. So Jarrett loves key parties. I think that's what we learned wow. here. Oh, <laughs> Wow. That's that's the clip for, for the day. There you go. No, uh, I think that's... Thank you for your honesty. I yeah, appreciate it. Um, key, key parties and more uh, as the game <laughs> continues right after this. The subject. The new Channel Q. We are in the middle of the GMA, the Ask Me Anything turned on its gay shoulder, and <laughs> Allie was asking me about my fetishes and has... I did. I thought I knew what a key party was, and I was like, "Sure." What did you think it was? I th- I just thought it was where everyone kind of comes in and puts their keys in a bowl. And then as I thought that, I was like, "But why are they putting them in the bowl?" Now I have clarity on why that is. <laughs> so you just thought it was people putting keys in a bowl and having I thought a party? it was like well, I thought it was like a, a sex party kind of thing, but like I was not clear on why I thought people were putting a keys in a bowl. Now I get it. Right. Anyone whose keys you pick up, that's the person you go home with. What if you, like, reach in and grab your own keys? Oh, like, great. Mm-hmm. Just, and every t- time you go to a key party, you just grab your keys again. Yeah, or or you go to a key party and there's no one attractive and you're, like, yeah. looking for your keys in the bowl. Or it's your sister. Oh, yikes. I mean, you know, that took a turn. don't close yourself off. Just well, moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay. So for me, my gamey question is uh, about you and Katie. Oh. What is your fetish? I'm kidding. Ha! 
what are Cats. your exactly? <laughs> what are your pet peeves with each other, and how do you deal with them? Well, let me start from the beginning. Uh oh. And uh, no, I, I, we, I mean, of course, we have pet peeves that have built over the uh, up over the past ten years. Mm-hmm. There's definitely going to be things like that. Uh, for me, her pet peeve about me is that I will take my socks off in places that are not uh, where the laundry is supposed to go, and then I will leave them there. Oh, you're that wife. So I will be eating. Di- I take my socks off when I'm eating dinner usually. You said this before and I don't understand like you don't take them off before you get to the table no I'm like cooking or I take my shoes off when I get in and then I'm usually walking around and doing stuff and then when I sit down I'm like oh I gotta take my socks off I'll do it when we're sitting on the couch watching a movie or sometimes if I really forget before bed I'll take them off as I get into bed and they'll just be kind of laying by the bed so, so laying by the bed I often have my socks lying by the bed I don't understand them at the sitting at the table though my my one of my pet peeves for Katie is something that I actually mentioned on the air yesterday, and that is that she will not rinse the dishes that she puts in the sink. Okay. So if she's not going to wash them, sure, you're not going to wash them. But she will like we'll be finishing dinner. She'll take the plates, just set them into the dish <laughs> into the sink, and walk away. Okay. Where I'm going? Can you just just give it a quick rinse? It's really. Do you guys end up fighting about these things? It's just something that we continuously bicker about. Yeah. Um, she thinks that I don't do the laundry right. That's another thing is if I don't, if I, I always forget to put the uh, dryer on delicate mm-hmm. and that she thinks that it's going to screw up the size of the clothes and all that stuff. Really? So that's one. Yeah. So I remember when my ex was at my house and he was like washing dishes or something and like, he was like insistent, like, oh, you cook dinner, I'll, cook, I'll clean the dishes. I'm like, great, okay. And so I had done something, and like the next day I came into the kitchen looking for a bowl or a glass or something, and I was like, why the hell did he put this over here? Right. And like, I was, I remember thinking immediately having like a pause of being like, oh, this is what it's like when you live with someone else. <laughs> yeah. And thinking to myself, there's not a right place for the glasses to, gl- to go. There's where I put the glasses. And like really had to like stand in the kitchen and take yeah. a breath and like do that for a moment. So I could imagine like the doing the laundry quote unquote wrong would be frustrating. Yes, it's just not how you do the thing. And right. that's what's frustrating. But the, the thing, one of the biggest pet peeves for me with Katie too is that she will backseat drive like crazy. Oh. She w- she's very, she's very critical of my driving but never wants to drive herself okay so she i'm the one driving and she's telling me that i need to brake because something's coming and i'm like i know this i'm also driving like my eyes are actually i'm looking and seeing things there's a person there yes i can see that there's a person there there's a car stopped ahead of you thank you i realize this You know you need to make a right, right? Yes, I have yeah. the map You're like, in the GPS front of is me. Also in front of me as well. Right. Got it. So it's things like that and I'm and then she but she will say I'm relinquishing control. Oh. She will she will she that's what we've worked on recently. Okay. Is cuz she will tell me things that like hey, you should watch this and I'm like but I want to watch something that I want to watch. But she's she just is like you would love this, you should watch this. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, but I understand that that can sometimes be controlling. I am taking that back and relinquishing control. You watch what you want to watch. I love, so that's I something relin- that we're trying to work control. on. Does she she just started saying that like, it's like a new thing that you guys are doing? This is like past couple weeks. Yeah, interesting. It's, it's- so there'll be like a pause, and then she'll be like, 
I realize that that might have been a controlling statement. <laughs> I love that. I relinquish control. I relinquish control. You, you watch what you want to watch, or you drive how you want to drive. I recognize that I could be driving right now, and I'm choosing not to. And how do you respond when she says that I say, you? thank you for acknowledging that that was a controlling statement. I appreciate that you are relinquishing control. That is such a, a perfectly therapist-y yes. thing to say. I yeah. love that. Yeah, so we're... I am relinquishing control. Like, thank does you. she say it monitor like that? I, yes, I am relinquishing control. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like, I am hating this right now. Yeah, She's realizing, (laughs) but she wants to so badly still, but she's recognizing that it's not rational for her to do that or that it might make me feel controlled. Understood. But then she'll also say, it's your choice whether you do it or not. So if, if I say something it, that's controlling, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's your decision whether or not to do it. You have the power. That's so interesting. I love that. I am relinquishing control. <laughs> well, if you want to take control, if you want to take the driver's seat of your life, you mm-hmm. better go to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. Because to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Mariah Carey's album, Merry Christmas, and the single All I Want for Christmas is You, we want to gift you with a chance to win the ultimate holiday gift and... It don't matter if you've been naughty or nice. You can win a trip to Las Vegas to see Mariah Carey at the Coliseum inside Caesars Palace in February. You'll win a trip for two, including round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, two tickets to Mariah Carey's The Butterfly Return Show, and two backstage passes to Marie- Mariah oh, Carey. my God. Go to wearechannelq.com for more information. Go to wearechannelq.com for more. We will be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, kids. It's time to pull this train into the station. <laughs> Does that happen? Do you pull I, the train into the station? I was just trying to find something else to say that was not land this plane. All right, let's uh, park this bicycle. Let's uh, let's blow this popsicle stand. <laughs> it's time for the happy ending. Um, Emmy's in defiant protest today. Yes, she's doing a silent protest. A, a, a protest of silence. Yes. Yeah. Um, she does not so want to do a happy ending. She does not. And um, you know what? She's empowered to make that choice for herself. Hey, you know what? If you don't want to do it, then you don't have to do it. So what you got, Allie? All right. Here's my happy ending, Jarrett. Divorces might be on the way in January of 2020. Oh, my We're God. going to see a lot of families breaking up over the next couple of months. But I'll give you a few people who are probably excited about this. Mm-hmm. One, the Kleenex Corporation. Oh. Two, real estate agents. And okay. three, divorce lawyers. Divorce lawyers, absolutely. And you know what else? We'll probably see a lot less people doing dry January. Because <laughs> they're going to need the alcohol. They're going to need the alcohol to get through it. And to get through their parties. Because yeah. the divorce parties are coming. What is it, January 6th to the 12th or something like yes. that? Yes. And if you are going to get divorced, I would also not recommend doing Veganuary. Oh, yeah. No. If you're going to get a divorce, you need you need that buffer. You need carbs and cheese. Absolutely. You just do. Oh, my God. Okay. So, for me, mine is actually similarly related. Divorce filings historically make an uptick in the coming weeks. And that might suck for some people. Mm -hmm. But look at the bright side. When you ditch your significant other, you can get rid of one of the most annoying sounds in the world. I'm a bitch. True. Hey! (laughs) I said celebrity, you douche! That was my bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know what? 
This is ridiculous. <laughs> I feel missed, like this is... Uh, if, if you missed earlier in the show, we were going through the top five uh, most awkward moments, and that was just a hilarious moment. It was like any chance to play the clip again was hilarious. Any time to play Ginger Justin saying, I'm a bitch, instead of playing what he was supposed to play. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. This was Gilbert Gottfried. Um, okay. Um, Emmy. I have a happy ending just what? for the sake of time. Oh, oh she's found. We're really she's early, found so in I need her to. Deep, dark heart. That's right. What That's you got? Right. Um, we may have had to sit through the most annoying sound in the world okay. today. You know, are you going to play it again? <laughs> but, but. Oh, maybe. Actually, good idea. Oh, Allie. thanks. Thank you. You're oh. welcome. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, all right. You might have had to sit through the most annoying sound in the world, which apparently, according to Ginger Dustin, is me. I'm a bitch. True. Hey! Hey! I said celebrity, you douche! Yeah, that was my bad. Oh, that was my That's bad. Not, I didn't say shrill lesbian. I know, you Such randomly go troll. At the same time, moment. as you said, I'm yeah. a bitch. Like, yeah. it was just, I thought he had edited it in there at first, but uh, no, we just said it at the same time. I guess time. so. But at least I got to hear the hopefully next governor's interview today. Well, I actually oh. never heard that, and you guys didn't talk about it with me. Oh I yeah, because you weren't it. here. And I was actually really surprised that he held himself together for the phone interview. For part two of the phone call, no yeah. Profanity whatsoever. I gotta that say, was, shocking. was definitely surprised how how uh, much more at least politician-y he sounded. <laughs> yes, at that's least a word. Less. By the way psychotic and crazy. Yeah, he was much more pulled together. He gave his website. He was much more pulled together than <laughs> he, he was last time. He gave his website without cursing. Exactly. He talked about policy. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to Adriel Hampton. Yes. Uh, running for governor in three years, I and, guess. In three years. We'll see where he gets. Right. And tomorrow we have uh, the DTS drop the subjects year-end lists continue with the most heartfelt moments of the decade of the decade on drop the subject on drop the subject so we will have the five most warm and fuzzy moments we're going to be going through those tonight and tomorrow and we will debut them for you uh, on the live show so definitely check out anything you missed on the podcast yeah check it out everywhere you can get your podcast type and drop the subject and uh, make sure to rate subscribe and share the show we thank you so much for being here coming up at four o'clock it's going to be Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. That's right here on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com.